You're listening to the Bay Christian Family Church Podcast. Praise God as you see that open your Bible at Matthew chapter 6. We have been talking about operating in the kingdom of God system. Uh, subtitle is living in the fourth dimension. Living in the fourth dimension. Now, for those that this might be your first time and maybe it's you haven't heard that term before, please don't get caught up in the language of the word. Uh, it's, it's a description. It's something that we use. And if you've never heard the words fourth dimension, where is that in the Bible? Sometimes we use terminology to help us understand subjects. Like, for example, there is no word in the Bible, rapture. The word rapture is not in the Bible. Yet we do know what rapture means. We understand there's many scriptures that speaks about when Jesus returns and the catching away of the church. I don't want to get into that now because for time's sake, I don't, want to, I don't have time to teach in that. But the point I'm making is that uh, even though the word's not in the Bible, when you say it, you, you get an understanding of what we mean by that. So the same way when we say the fourth dimension, I could use the words interchangeably, the realm of the spirit. You could use the word the supernatural, things like that. Those are the words we're more comfortable with. But sometimes when you say supernatural, some people go, oh, you know, so like out there and talk of the spirit realm. Well, yes, the earth and the spirits out there. One day we'll go to heaven. But, you know, right now we're here in this natural realm. But you do understand that God is spirit. And God as spirit, he, his entire kingdom is spiritual. And everything exists already before he ever said light be. There was already a world system. Not when I say world, I don't mean this world. I'm talking about a governing system, a kingdom of God system. And that kingdom of God system existed without time. And then God created this natural realm in order to place his human into it. And then in Genesis, you can see where he gives the man the authority and dominion in the image of God. And then we now are living in this natural realm. So the natural realm, if you want to put it this way, exists within the realm of the Spirit. And within the realm of the Spirit, we are now governed within this three-dimensional world where you have spirit, uh, where you have the space, time, and matter. And we are born into that, into a natural body to be able to interact with the natural world. And if you think of three dimensions, you think of, you know, length, breadth, and height. You may, you know, time is a created entity. These are things that, and they're all governed by laws. And those laws are necessary in the natural realm. Because without them, we wouldn't, like for example, gravity is a natural law. And because of the natural law of gravity, you are comfortably sitting in your chair right now and you would want to use the laws and you can interact with them. Like for example, flight. Flight is able to overcome gravity. You still need gravity for flight because you, you know, you gotta come back to the earth. But in the meantime, you can use lift that may overcome the forces of gravity. You need to have friction so that the, the, uh, the wings can create that lift. And, and you know, all those different things. So it is important to know that those laws are there so that you can govern them, use them in the natural world. 
But when it comes to things that need to be solved, when you have problems that are spiritual, because most problems that you have are spiritual in nature. Even though it manifests in the natural, the whole idea behind those problems and attacks, Jesus said when the word is sown, Satan comes immediately and he brings tribulation, persecution. Those are things to get us off the word of God. So the only reason problems exist is because the enemy wants to use that aspect of the curse to destroy our trust and reliance in God and His Word. And so the moment those problems come, if we only look at it from a three-dimensional solution, some problems you might be able to you know if, if something's broken, if you need to fix it, you might need, just need a spanner and you can fix it. But when we're talking about problems that where even like physical science has not yet been able to find solutions for certain diseases, the problem is because the root is demonic. And you're not going to solve a spiritual problem with three-dimensional solutions. And so when Jesus came to the earth, He demonstrated that when it was necessary, He could bypass this natural system. He could go around this natural system. He could invoke the laws of the kingdom of God where you could suspend time, you can suspend matter, you can suspend natural laws. And family of God, you and I exist in that world, that same world. You and I have the same ability and that's what we're looking at. That's what we're exposing ourselves to. When you see a Matthew chapter six, verse 33, Jesus said, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. What things? All the things that Gentiles are looking for. What you're gonna eat, what you're gonna drink, what you're gonna wear, in other words, the things that you need in the three-dimensional realm. These things will be added to you if you seek the kingdom of God and His righteousness. Now, I like the way the Amplified puts that. It talks about seeking the way God does things and doing it correctly. You're gonna do it accurately. Do it the way God designed for it to work. And notice he says that these things will be added to you, added to you. God's system, if whatever you need, the basics in life will be added. But there is a higher dimension, which was created when he created Adam. He said, when Adam, he told him to have dominion and be fruitful and Multiply. Multiply is a higher dimension than adding in terms of the realm, the kingdom of God. Uh, you know, the example I always use is if I say, what's two plus two? We can interact now. Two plus two. And then plus two. Plus two. Plus two. Plus two. Plus two. Plus two. I haven't lost anybody. <laughs> Amen. We could keep going. I mean, if I got to 1,024 plus two. <laughs> so, you know, if I just keep going plus two, plus two, plus two, it's fine. Because, you know, we, it, it's, it's adding. So what's two times two? Multiplication. Oh, that's the same as two plus two. So what's the difference? Times two? Oh, there's a bit of a jump there now. Times two? Times two, times two, times two, times two. Now, now, now we're starting to lose some people. Can you see, multiplication is far quicker. It's a bigger, it's a much higher dimension. 
And that's the system that Adam was operating under. God said, be fruitful and multiply. Then when the curse came in, that was destroyed. And God said, now you're going to fight the system. Now you're going to produce, because of that curse, there's going to be thorns and thistles. You're going to struggle. And then Jesus comes along and he says, the things that you're fighting for in this three-dimensional realm really should just be there. Food, what you're going to wear, what you're going to drink, the basic necessities of life you should never have to worry about. We should be in a place where you know you don't need faith for your next meal. If you're in the kingdom of God, that's settled. My house is settled, food settled, clothes are settled. I'm putting my faith into multiplication, the increase of His kingdom. That's the level God wants us to live at. And so we're doing that by understanding how this kingdom works. Remember Colossians chapter 1, verse, 19, verse 9, Colossians 1, 9. For this reason we also, since we de- the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you. And we ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will in all wisdom and... and See, there's a higher understanding than your natural understanding. When I was asking two plus two, we didn't have to believe by faith we understand the answer. Your brain could work it out. There's a natural law that you understand and the basic laws you can figure out. Uh, If your car runs out of petrol, natural understanding, put new petrol in. But there is a supernatural understanding. There's a spiritual understanding to be able to see into the third dimension. And if you understand that God establishes certain things in a certain way, there's a reason for it. Remember last time we were here, we had a look at Isaiah chapter 33, verse 22. The Lord is our judge. The Lord is our lawgiver. The Lord is our king. He will save us. The Lord is our lawgiver. I want to know how God's system works. How many of you have ever bought a car? Let me see. Now, if you're going to buy a new car, you know that today you can even go online and you can go design your whole car, the colors you want, the wheels you want, and everything like that. And then along the line, they're gonna ask you a question. Do you want a petrol or a diesel? Isn't that right? Do you want this car in petrol or do you want it in diesel? So someone says, well, I, want, I prefer diesel. So he buys a diesel car. Now, the diesel car comes with a very important instruction. Thou shalt put diesel in the diesel tank. But then one day, this guy's driving along and he notices the petrol price is cheaper. So he decides, well, today I'm going to use petrol. And you know someone who's made that mistake before. <laughs> And so they go along and he puts the petrol in. Now the question is, when he does that, what's going to happen? Well, the car will start because the petrol's still in the tank. There's still diesel in the system. So he starts the car and, well, it's working. And he goes off and he drives. Okay, next moment, boom, the car seizes up and stops working. And he doesn't understand why. So he phones the manufacturer. He says, listen, the car that you sold me doesn't work anymore. How's that possible? I don't know, just cut out on the highway. So they well, bring it in. Let's, let's see what we can do. So he gets a towed in and they check it out in the workshop. They get back to him. Sir, we found petrol in the diesel tank. Woo! 
And he said, yes, because petrol's cheaper than diesel at the moment. <laughs> Sir, <laughs> thou shalt put diesel in the diesel tank. Oh, now you're judging me, huh? No, now you're just trying to control me. You're a bigot and maybe you're just trying to make money out of me. You probably got diesel shares, don't you? You're just trying. Are you with me? Now, now we think the person impressing the law is coming against me. The answer's simple. Thou shalt use diesel in the diesel tank. If thou dost not, thou shalt surely walketh. There's a consequence to not doing what the manufacturer designed it for. And when God designed you, He designed you with specific purpose. He designed you to be able to do certain things in a certain way. And to do that, He's given you the right equipment. You know, those that have been here for some time, this won't really work for you, but this is more for the new person, but we need to hear it anyway. If I offered you a tractor, or a Lamborghini, which one would you prefer? Most people say Lamborghini, you know. Well, I must, now, obviously, I haven't given you enough information because I have a job to do and we've got this field we need to plow. Now you've got a Lamborghini. So how are we gonna do this? Well, maybe we need to convert it, you know, and try and, Make it into a tractor, put bigger wheels on it, you know, put a hook on it. You, you know you're going to damage the car because it wasn't designed for that. It's for the racetrack. The same way if we're going to go have a race now, uh, now you want to bring your tractor along. You know, you can take that tractor, you can zip it up, put a eight V8 in it and you can put a turbo and whatever. You put it on the racetrack, it's still a tractor. You are in a body that God designed for a purpose. And sometimes we don't like our body. You find the white people are trying to get blacker and the black people are trying to get whiter. There's curly hairs trying to make straight there. The straight hairs trying to curl their hair and short people want to be taller and tall people want to be shorter. Why is that? Because society somehow gives us a picture, somehow the enemy will, whatever you're not, he's gonna try and make it look like it's better. He wants to diminish your impression of yourself. And God designed the perfect you. Now there's nothing wrong with making it prettier or whatever, that, I'm not talking about that. We all comb our hair and you know, ladies might put makeup on. And you know, there's nothing wrong with making yourself look nice and pretty. When you look in the mirror, don't despise what you see because there are people that you can talk to that won't listen to me. You go to places I'll never get to. And the way of design, in the body I was put into was designed to be the perfect husband for my wife, the perfect father for my children, the pastor of this church. I don't have any right to change anything. Are you getting what I'm saying? I must choose to follow God's will. And when He gives me instructions in the Word of God, that Word is God's manufacturing manual for how the system works. 
And so I'm not going to say, well, I don't agree with that. I don't think that was that. No, it's none of that. God has said, because that's how it works. If I choose to believe what he says, I will have his results. The system works the way he governed it to work. Say that. The system works the way he governed it to work. So this kingdom, remember when Jesus was baptized, the Holy Spirit came upon him and they heard from heaven, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And the Holy Spirit took him out into the wilderness and the Bible says there he was tempted and the very first temptation, the enemy comes along and you notice the first thing he attacked was his identity. If you are the son of God, we just heard that. Jesus heard it. But now I want to see, do you believe it? If you are the son of God. And he attacks him in the same area, attack the first Adam. Take and eat. Turn this bread, the stones into bread and eat. And Jesus responded the way the first Adam should have responded. It is written. Now, where did Jesus get it is written from? Well, it's already been spoken. And the reason God spoke was so that you would have something to use whenever the enemy attacks you. And so God spoke so that it could be written and it was written so that you can speak. Let me say it again. God spoke so that it could be written and it was written so that you can speak. And Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So what did the devil do? Oh, so we're playing the it is written game. Let me take you up to the top of the temple. Now it is written. Throw yourself off the temple because it's written. The angels will bear you up you'll not even dash your foot against the stone. Now, Jesus could have got into a theological debate. He didn't. He immediately responds, it is written. You don't tempt God. If God spoke, I don't have to test it. I said, if God spoke, I don't have to test it. Hallelujah. That settled that one. So what did the enemy do? He immediately realizes Jesus is come for a reason. Now I know why you're here. So you've managed to resist the way the first Adam failed. Then you know your word, you're standing on the word. So this must be the one that's come that God has spoken about in the Garden of Eden. This is the Savior that he sent. And he goes in Luke chapter four, verse five. Then the devil taking him up on a high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time. And the devil said to him, all this authority I will give you and their glory has been delivered to me and I give it to whomever I wish. Therefore, 
If you will worship before me, all will be yours. Family of God, I want you to notice something here. When Jesus responds, he doesn't say, excuse me, when did it ever become yours? That would have been the easy way to resist it if that wasn't true. Remember this, the devil is a liar and the father of all lies. Now to be a successful liar, you're gonna have to be able to present truth with a twist. If it's just obviously error, excuse me, please. How can you even come and tempt me with that? No, when you say, but that is the truth. No, if the devil's speaking, there's a lie involved. Just get that fact sorted out. So he says, this was given to me. Well, who gave it to him? That was Adam. What's he talking about? The kingdoms of this world. In other words, all authority. The devil has the kingdoms and he understands why Jesus is here. So he shows him, I know why you've come. Have a look at all of this. Now, we can bypass what you have to do to get it if you will just right now fall here, worship me, I'll hand it all over. There's the hook. I said, there's the hook. You know that's a lie. Because the way the enemy works, he understands the laws of the realm of the spirit. The way the kingdom of God works. There's a supernatural law. Let me ask you this. If you looked at it in the natural, is gravity a good law or a bad law? People are, well, it's good. Well, ask the guy who falls off a 30-story building. What killed him? Gravity. Isn't that right? See, every law was designed for good. If it wasn't for gravity, we'd all be floating around in this building trying to hold on to each other. So gravity was designed, if you use it, for good. But if it's abused, it'll destroy Enemy understands this. There's a spiritual law that what you submit to, what you give your life to, what you give allegiance to, on your way to somewhere, when you get there, that allegiance will control you. It'll never let you go. It'll keep you. It'll make sure you sustain. And to sustain it, you're gonna have to keep on giving allegiance to that. That's the realm of the spirit. Now you can hear in there the good. You submit to God, He'll take you up. When you get to the top, you keep honoring Him. He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And as long as you keep trusting Him, respecting Him, honoring Him, His system will always work for you. But He'll never like the enemy demand that allegiance. It's totally up to you. But when you do, His whole system is geared to work for you. Every angel is available that what you bind on earth is bound in heaven. What you loose on earth is loosed in heaven. God says He personally watches over His Word. If you speak His Word, He will sustain it. He'll make sure it comes to pass. In the same way, what you compromise to keep, you will lose. You give allegiance to the devil, by the time you get to the top, he will make you pay. He, you are locked in and he'll never leave you nor forsake you. <laughs> but you and, and it'll be for the worst. 
Are you with me? And that's where Jesus figured that out. He knew he could see it immediately. I've come, but we're going to do it my way. You see, I didn't come for you to give me something. I came to take it. Jesus answered, get behind me, Satan. It is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and Him only shall you serve. We're going to do this entirely God's way. Come on, give Jesus praise if you can see that. Notice 1 John chapter 3, verse 8. He who sins is of the devil, for the devil has sinned from the beginning. For this purpose, the Son of God was manifested that He might destroy the work of the devil. The works of the devil. Now, did Jesus succeed? Did He succeed in that? Has He destroyed the works of the devil? Yes. So how do we take it? We take it by faith. Family, we are not yet to take sides. I said we are not yet to take sides. We are yet to take over. And we need to understand this because God has designed His system to work this way. Notice Acts chapter 1 verse 8. You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. You shall receive that's the word dunamis. The Holy Spirit's power within you. There are things that you cannot solve in this natural world using three-dimensional thinking. It was a young man growing up in Egypt. The whole of Israel was in slavery, hundreds of years. And this young man named Joshua grew up and he would hear stories sitting around the campfire maybe and you know, there's, there's a God that our forefathers served and, and he was with us and tell them stories of old about Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, how he became Israel and how this God did amazing things through history. And, but really, it was a dry season. He never saw this God in action. All he heard was the stories. But if he looked around him, they were in slavery. They were being abused. He watched how his father would be whipped because he didn't bring enough bricks and how they, they were given the, 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 the dregs of the food that was left and just in total poverty. And how they would sit around and the, and the fathers would say, but God did promise he would deliver us. He did say he would send a deliverer. Oh, really? Well, when? Well, my grandfather told me. Oh, really? And then who told him? Well, my great-grandfather. How long we been here? Like 200 years, 300 years. Uh, so is this gonna happen in my lifetime? It's probably already saying, well, what happens when I grow up? You can almost see if there is a God, then where is He? Because we don't see any demonstration of Him. We don't see any, any show that this is really even true. Who says it's true? You talk about your God, but who's He to us? And then one day, this young man and the rest of Israel, they, they hear a rumor and, and there's no noise and there's, there's, there's talk of a, a man has arrived in town. And, and this man is just, he, he, he literally walked up into the palace of Pharaoh, the most powerful man of the world at the time, and just walked straight up to him and said, let my people go. <laughs> just like, 
what? Who does that? Because, I mean, they're living in an oppressive society where no one goes to talk to Pharaoh. I mean, even if you spoke to the captain like that, he might have executed you. And now this man is talking about letting people go. Could he be the one? And next moment, they start seeing things happening like masses of frogs and flies and water turning to blood and, you know, just things happening. And, but it's all because this man says it. And as he says it, this happens. And, and then Pharaoh buckles and he says, okay, you can go. And just like that, the man pulls it back. And, and then Pharaoh stands strong again. No, I'm not letting you go. And then the man speaks again and it happens. But nothing comes into Goshen. It's only happening out there in the Egyptians. Could this be the man? And next moment, they get the instruction to paint blood on the door. And he tells them, get dressed, get ready, keep your staff in your hand. If you're baking bread, don't even put yeast in it. Because when I say, we're going, you can be ready, we need to move. And you can just see young Joshua's heart beating and is this, this is the stories. This is what they were talking about. There's one coming. There's one coming. There's one coming. Is this him? And as they get ready and they are prepared and they go to bed that night, the next moment they hear wailing like they've never heard before, grief coming out of the land of Egypt, people crying and screaming and they're hearing the rumors come through. People are dying in every house. The eldest has died. Nothing's come against Israel. And Moses, mount up, we're going. Pharaoh said, just get out of here, go. And they move and they take those Jews. And I mean, you talking about 600,000 men, never mind women and children. Now, you know, this is a massive people and they get up and they start leaving and as they go out of Egypt they head out and they get to the Red Sea and they're standing at the at, at the at the shore of the sea and they're kind of going okay where to now is it right or left the next moment people start screaming at the back and they hear the scream so everybody turns around and there comes the armies of Egypt and they start shouting and Moses did you did you bring us out yet to die? They're going to kill us. We're going to go. What's going to happen? And Joshua's watching this like, what do we do now? And Moses says, just hang on. I need to hear from God. And you can just see young Joshua watching this man. And he goes quiet. Yes, sir. And he lifts up that staff. And next moment you hear a wind, you feel the wind and a noise and a rumbling and that wind gets stronger and stronger. And then there's, there's waves starting to develop, but it's not the waves coming to the shore, it's, it's across the ocean and these waves get bigger and bigger and the wind's getting stronger and stronger and there's a noise and a rumbling and next moment, And there's a highway through the middle of the sea. I don't know about you. If I was Moses, 
You're not standing there saying, hallelujah. It, <laughs> I, I'd be like, I heard lift your staff and I would not have thought of that. Come on, have you know, that was not the top of his solution list. It's not a natural solution. How do? How does that happen? I mean, there's, there's no acrylic, there's perspex, you know, there's no, it, it's water, water walls. And the Bible says they walked through on dry land. That wasn't even squish, squish, it's dry. I can just see Joshua looking. What manner? Oh man, is this? And they walk through, and here come the chariots. Moses turns around, and drops his staff. <laughs> the water closes. I mean, Israel is partying and they shout, dancing, and off they go. They free. They're free. I, I don't know if I, if I was there, you know, after 300 years of slavery and, and with no hope of ever being delivered, I don't know if they, they're kind of still looking over their shoulder like, you know, are, are we free? Are we free? You know? and, and they're going through the wilderness and next moment they, they, they need water and this, and this man walks up to a rock and he speaks to it and water comes out. I mean, Joshua's seen this. What kind of man does this? And then they need food and he speaks to God and angel food drops out of heaven. What manner of man is this? And then the people get bored with angel food. And they want meat. And this man goes and consults with God and comes back, okay, you'll have meat, but you're going to have so much, you're going to get tired of it. It's going to stick in your teeth. Meat out here in the desert. I can just see Joshua. Like, where, where, where? Where's the with? Next moment, this birds arrive, quail, and I mean, you're not talking about five or six or ten or a hundred or a thousand. Or you're talking about millions of people that need to be fed. You're talking about clouds, clouds. I mean, could you still see the sun? I mean, birds everywhere, just birds, birds. And then as they flying, as they come over the camp, they just drop out the sky right there at their feet. They don't have to hunt it. Wow! Now I must ask you, where did those birds come from? Where did those birds come from? Well, maybe, you know, it was all the birds in Africa decided to fly up. Okay, well, they eat those birds now. Tomorrow, another million, two million, three million birds arrive. Where did they come from? Oh, now they're from Australia. Okay, and then the next day, another two, three million. Well, those are the American birds. Then another two, three, now Asia. Now, wait, hang on, by the sixth, seventh, eighth day, where are all these birds coming from? Amen. You have to understand, there is a fourth dimension. Where did the first bird ever come from? It was spoken. He's watching all of this. And eventually they get to the promised land. And after we fast forward in 40 years, they're about to go in. Now the first time they went in, 
They found giants. Caleb said, we are well able to do this. But just before they get back, they now are about to go in. Moses, the last moment, he got angry, hit the rock instead of speaking to it. And God said, you misrepresented me to the people. You won't be going in. You'll see it from a distance, but you're not going in. And then he passes, he dies. So who's gonna take them now? God turns to Joshua and says, you're the man. Now, I'm thinking this young man, Joshua, grew up in slavery. Who was he? He was a slave. Father is son of slaves. All he knew was poverty. All he knew was oppression. All he knew was struggling and battling. But this man came in. We're talking about Moses. This is Moses who when it came time for God, he wanted to visit with Israel. He set up and he said, I want you to set up a perimeter. You come and bring the whole of Israel. I wanna meet with them. And this God, the God of that fourth dimension invades into the third dimension. Boom, the whole mountain lights up in fire and everybody runs in fear. And this man, Moses, walks up into the face of God and meets with him. Joshua sees this. Who is this man? What kind of man? This is Moses. He goes up to Pharaoh. He splits a sea. He brings water out of a rock. Manna from heaven. Birds from nowhere. He just meets with God personally. That's Moses. And you want me? Who can replace a man? like that and God gives him a very important instruction Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 this book of the law God speaking to Joshua Moses my servant is dead you're the man don't let it depart from your mouth you meditate this word day and night and you observe to do according to all that is written in it, then you will make your way prosperous and you will have good success. Only be strong and of good courage. How many are ready to make your way prosperous? How many are ready to make your way successful? This is way beyond anything in the natural. God says to Joshua, you're gonna encounter giants. You know they're waiting for you. You're gonna encounter massive cities. You know it's waiting. You know it's happening. You saw it. You were one of those spies that went in there. But I'm telling you, I'm with you. And I've given you everything you need in that book. Take that book and meditate it, meditate it, meditate it. Get it down in your heart. Make sure you know what it says because every problem that ever comes your way, you can solve it. But you have to see it before you see it. You have to be able to see it in the Word of God. And once you've seen it, 
you can bring it into the seed. Jesus was asleep in the boat one day. They were crossing the sea and a storm comes up. And this is not your usual storm. Remember, the people in the boat are sail people. They, they are fishermen. They, they've been on that sea many times before. And the Bible says they were afraid. This is not your usual storm. This storm was sent to kill them. But Jesus is sleeping. I said, Jesus is asleep. So they wake him. Master, don't you care? Now, we want to jump forward because Jesus turns to them and says, why didn't you do that? Where was your faith? Now, we've already taught on that. I'm not going to spend time there this morning. Jesus said, you'll do the same works I did and greater. But now come back. Don't you care? And Jesus says, this is something you should have dealt with. And he stands up in the end of the boat. And he lifts his hands. Now it's written, peace be still. That's what's written. But when you do a study, how do you know Rick Renner? Rick Renner is a man who has studied every scripture he looks at. He looks from the, the Greek and he looks at the depths of what the Greek means and has opened up many scriptures that way. And he explains the way that's written in the Greek. What Jesus did when he stood up that day, that storm's raging and it's winds blowing, water's probably coming in the boat, they're getting ready to be shipwrecked. And he stands up and he goes, Shalom! And the wave stopped. What manner of man is this? Now let me ask you, when I did that, how many you sensed the peace enter this room? Was that just words? I didn't just do an act now. I released it from my spirit. By decision. And you sensed it. What manner of man is this? Who quietens a storm? And Jesus said, when I go, I will send the Holy Spirit and you will do the same works I did and greater. What manner of man is this? You the man. Oh, come on, give Jesus praise. You are the woman. Come on, give him praise. Family, you've been given the same authority. Now, I have to ask you, where did Jesus get the idea that he could calm a sea? Is that a good question? Where did he get the idea? I mean, I wouldn't have thought of that. 
Well, have a look at Psalm chapter 89. Remember Jesus said, I don't do anything unless I've seen my father do it. I don't say anything unless I've heard my father say it. Did he say that? Look at Psalm 89, verse 9. Can I have it up, please? You ready? Let's read it out loud together. Ready? Read. Wow. You rule the raging sea. When its waves rise, you still them. Who's he talking about? That's the Father. Jesus founded in the Word. And he meditated. That must be written for a reason. And he meditated it. It was in his spirit. He already had the promise. So when a wave, when a sea raged and the waves came up, it was already in his heart. If you can still them, so can I. Shalom. Family of God, it's time to meditate. Find in the Word what is challenging you right now. Find that Scripture. There is a Word answering your problem. And meditate it, meditate it, meditate it, meditate it till you're confident that when you speak, creation will listen. Your circumstance will bow its knee. It has to. It is written. Come on, give Jesus praise for His Word today. Let's stand together. Jeremiah 33 verse 3 says, Call to me and I will answer you and show you great and mighty things which you do not know which you do not know. Spiritual understanding. Amen. Amen. Raise your hand and say, Today I heard the Word of God. That Word brought faith to my heart. And I am a believer, not a doubter. As a hearer of God's Word, I am also a doer. I make a decision today. No matter what comes my way, before I answer, in the natural, I'm going to take time to search the Word, find my answer, meditate that Word, day and night, and then follow God's instruction. Do what He says to do. Say what He says to say. And as I do that, I make my way successful. I make my way prosperous. I have good success. It is the promise of God's Word. He's ordained for it. He's given it to me. I respond and I give God all the glory, all the honor. Whatever happens, it's to His glory. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God.